Well, I feel like we've been saying this every day. A Brexit deal, a US stimulus deal. We're not there yet, but they're getting closer. Very close, it would seem, and the market's still priced in for good news on both fronts. It was good news with Australian unemployment numbers yesterday as well. We'll look at that on the podcast. And the Bank of England, well, they're less optimistic. Plus, other central banks in that last-minute crash Christmas rush. It's Friday, the 18th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a big fall in the US dollar today, down three quarters of 1% on the DXY. That is 7.6% since the start of July, the DXY's fall. And the pound, though, up 0.7%, coming back a little from that now. It hit a two-year high today. That'll be because Gavin Friend told us to ignore what Boris Johnson said on the Brexit deal yesterday. Uh, the Aussie duck is certainly a lot of enthusiasm today. The Aussie dollar is also up uh, quite a bit, rising 0.6%, up over 76.2 US cents. US stocks are rising, almost half a percent for the Dow and the S&P 500, the Nasdaq up. 0.6%. It's the tech stocks and Tesla uh, that are pushing shares higher, basically. Uh, not a lot of bond movement to speak of, and oil climbing again, 0.8% for WTI. It's had a fairly choppy session, though. And uh, speak of the devil, Gavin Friend is back again, senior market strategist at NAB in London for the, well, I'm going to say for the final time, Gavin, because we're, we're going to close off on, on Tuesday next week, but maybe we'll get you back again if, if something happens with Brexit. Uh, but look, let's start, uh, before we do that, before we talk about uh, Brexit or the US trade deal, um, you know, there's enthusiasm in the markets on those two things. And yet the weekly jobless claims in the United States a big rise. I mean, the expectation was around 800,000 new jobless came. So we came in at 885,000, more than the week before. So there's a very sharp growth in jobless going on when we're supposed to be seeing a recovery. Mm. Yeah, good morning, Phil. That's right. Um, the news on that front continues to deteriorate, but markets are looking through the uh, the negatives. We used the phrase earlier in the week, I think, mind the gap. Um, and looking to, you know, sunnier times, focusing on uh, the US fiscal stimulus deal. Yeah, lawmakers are continuing to haggle over this it really is into the into the end of the end of the deal isn't it yeah. um but it's, know, like, it's looking to get it's something looking ho- through the house yeah very quickly it, it's looking hopeful though isn't it because there's we're seeing people have given ground on both sides so mitch mcconnell for example has dropped his insistence on liability protection for business nancy pelosi has given ground on how much goes to the states and the municipalities and actually how it's it's dished out as well so Com- compromises uh, you're right compromises are being made there is a sense of urgency we know that Okay, they could probably go into the weekend, but they don't have any longer than that if they want to avoid a government shutdown. That means any skinny deal has got to be done uh, today, tomorrow, weekend latest through both houses and then attach that to the bill to stop the government you know, going into 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 shutdown um, after the end of the weekend. So, yeah, I mean, the will is there, I think, and the mm. markets sense that uh, there will be a compromise that gets it across the line in the end. Let's hope so. Yeah, but you're right, uh, uh, Phil. Uh, the, 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 the jobs numbers, the weekly claims numbers, not good. These were for the 12th of December, 885,000. That's up from um, a revised high, 862 the previous week. So we're at three-month highs now. Uh, gig workers, uh, their claims up to 455,000 from 415. Mm. We know the way this is going. We know what's going on with COVID. And so we, we, have, we have to expect further bad news here. Yeah, we do. Now, look, uh, the idea that they might be working over the uh, weekend in the United States to get that deal through, uh, that's nothing because the UK government might actually be called back from the Christmas break to try and ratify a, uh, an EU trade 
trade deal. That's still going. Well, the, the Huffington Post is reporting that the UK has now started drafting a 50-page bill. MPs are going home for Christmas, aren't they? I think they're going today, aren't they? But they, they, they yes, that's right. They are going today. Boris Johnson has said we'll have them back if we need to, something to sign. The, the UK government continues to, to give a sort of a, a, a slightly pessimistic uh, tone to the negotiations. Yeah. Michel Barnier is, uh, on the other side, talking about good progress being made. There are some stumbling blocks, but in these, uh, in the phrase he used, in this last stretch of the talks, and one does get a sense from the press in the last few days, we're inching towards this. Lots of the issues that they can't get through, they are getting through. Note there is a call between Boris Johnson and Ursula von der Leyen, the EU Commission, any moment now. You, one yeah. would imagine, given the mood music around this, we would we should hear some more positive stuff, perhaps even something along the, the lines hour, of um, we're working on preparing a deal you know there's still some some, some things to get across but mm. hopeful for next week I mean well, I, I, I think actually she Ursula von der Leyen has just tweeted we uh, welcome substantial progress on many issues yet big differences remain to be bridged we've heard that before in particular on fisheries bridging them will be very challenging negotiations will continue tomorrow is what she said but to, 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 to your point I mean Sterling is already anticipating we're at 136 and a half a lot of that is to do with the broadly weaker dollar but but sterling hasn't seen these kinds of levels against the dollar since well, early 2018. We've been saying if we get a deal, we go to 137.5 and then we climb above 140 as we go into 2021. The way these things are going, we could be at 140 quicker than that. But we do need to get across. We do need to get across the line. Right. Now, look, the RBA is, uh, has been upping its forecast, but the Bank of England... Uh, met overnight. Uh, they really are downgrading their forecasts. They uh, they didn't move on interest rates, of course. Uh, no increase in their bond buying, but I think recognition that there's further lockdowns happening in the UK, possibly you know even more happening in January. There's, that's creating a very uncertain future, and uh, that was pretty much what the Bank of England was saying today. Yeah, I mean, they said on their hands that was expected because of the Brexit uncertainty. They can't really do anything until that's over. Remember, they raised asset purchases by $150 billion for headroom at the last meeting in November, so they didn't really need to do anything more. They've up their, they actually upped their Q4 GDP to a less negative minus one from minus two. That's a bit strange, actually, because you, know, you, look, mm. at the, you look at, the, you look at the, uh, the coronavirus lockdowns, the tightening of restrictions, you, you might have thought they'd go in the other way. And I, I think I know the consensus estimate in the Bloomberg uh, for Q4 is down two and a half percent. So I'm not quite sure about that. But all of these assumptions are based on the UK securing a free trade deal. That that may well prove to be prescient. If there isn't one, we did hear from the Bank of England today how it might react. Um, it, it said it, it hinted that it would ease policy by saying that the economy is weaker. It's in a weaker position. There's more spare capacity that increases the committee's tolerance for a temporary inflation overshoot. So, you know, remember here, we could get inflation pushing up via the pound falling, higher import prices, those kinds of things. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to move to negative rates. You've had a couple of members like Chief Economist Andy Haldane and Deputy Governor Dave Ramsden pushing back on negative rates. The bank still hasn't finished its uh, review of whether negative rates work with the UK banking system. So I think the first thing they will do, and this will not be, be into the new year, is increase QE 
even further. Yeah, it's almost like a Y2K bug problem, isn't it? Can they actually <laughs> yes. do it or not? Look, the uh, the the 300 years, It's the, this is the worst downturn in the UK for 300 years. So I went and had a quick look to see, you know, what was so bad 300 years ago? And if they downgrade it, what are they going to do? They're going to downgrade it to the worst in 500 years. But 300 years ago, uh, Britain was at war with France. I was thinking, not over fish, um, and that, well, maybe a bit, but there was, there was also a big freeze on as well, so maybe frozen fish. It wasn't a great time to be alive. I'm just thinking, my God, it will be history repeating itself. If uh, if Brexit gets vetoed by the French, if they refuse to, to sign up, then, you know, we're back okay. at war with France. Again, but, again, that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Look, other central banks uh, were out today, the Swiss National Bank and the Norge Bank. Uh, they weren't quite as pessimistic as the Bank of England, were they? No, the Norges Bank, actually. Uh, rates steady, um, but it sees a gradual increase in rates now from the first half of 2022. So not just around the mm. corner, but uh, certainly a, a, bold, a more bold prediction than other central banks are saying. So it, it sees an average policy rate of 0.9% by the end of 2023 versus 0.6% at the moment. Norwegian krona higher on the news. We'll, we'll find out in time whether that, that was a prescient call or whether it was, uh, you know, just, just, just bold talk. The SNB, you mentioned also, you know, they meet quarterly. They met Thursday. No change in their very negative policy rate. Remember, that's at minus point. 75%. The focal point for the SMB has been and continues to be the uh, unhelpfully strong Swiss franc. We know it's yeah. a safe haven currency. Remember, on Wednesday, the US labelled Switzerland a currency manipulator. A little unfair, I think. I mean, the SMB has responded by saying it'll continue to intervene if it needs to do so. The point here is that it's not really aiming at a sort of a weak export boot boost in Swiss franc. Um, it's trying to stem unhelpful currency strength, yeah. given the well, uh, the franc's safe haven status. It's gone, it's, it's gone, it's gone uh, from a, a being you know almost parity with the US dollar at the beginning of the year and up to a dollar thirteen now. So that's quite a rise. Yeah, well, just for illustration purposes, if you look at, we know that the the yen is the go to you know safe haven currency. If you look at a chart of the yen versus the Swiss, you'll see the Swiss franc at uh, at around four-year highs, five-year highs mm. against even the yen. So, so you know. Yeah. All right. Bank of Japan tonight. Gee, the central banks are all trying to squeeze it in, aren't they, before Christmas? What are they going to say? Uh, you know, apart from the fact that, hey, you know, we've had massive bond buying for a long time. It's old hat for them. Yeah, not a lot, I don't think. I mean, there is a majority expecting them to extend their special funding measures for COVID-hit businesses. So things like corporate bond buying, commercial paper purchases, lengthen the duration a little bit there. But nothing, no, nothing you know, major in terms of QE. Um, I mean, this really, as the virus cases, they'd just be reacting to the virus cases which have surged since the, uh, since the policy members last met. And some positive news on the uh, Aussie unemployment numbers yesterday today the unemployment rate down to 6.8 percent more new jobs than expected and uh, of course we also had josh frydenberg's mid-year budget up yet date yesterday uh so it seems like it's not great the recovery is not going fast enough for him he said he's not going to cut back on spending just yet even though the unemployment prediction is now 5.75 percent by 2023 which is down from a, a, a previous forecast of six percent 
I think he wants to see it down to five and a half before uh, he's going to start uh, talking about cutting spending. Well, it's the old argument about how much spare capacity you've got, isn't it? Let's just keep squeezing it. It's the US model. I mean, a very solid labour market report there from Australia. 90,000 new jobs, well above the uh, the estimate of 40,000 again. Uh, part-time jobs, just 6,000. Full-time jobs, 84,000. Almost all the increase, we have to remember, was in Victoria. 74,000 of those 84,000 jobs. Uh Employment now just 1.1% below pre-COVID levels in Victoria. Excluding Victoria, employment is just 0.7% below pre-COVID levels. The unemployment rate you mentioned there fell to 6.8 from 7, down two tenths. And the participation rate rose again to 66.1, which is a new pre-pandemic high. You know, so it's good news all around. Hours worked. This is the go-to stat at the moment. That rose 2.5% on the month um, and now sits 1.5% below pre-COVID levels. We might infer from this, hours works has actually got a pretty good relationship with GDP. It tracks it closely. That assuming no change in hours worked in December, Q4 GDP could be back into uh, pre-COVID levels by mid-year rather than the end of next year. That, so that gives you a gauge of how fast this uh, yeah. jobs recovery is coming back. It makes Australia a real standout, doesn't it? When you it look does. at countries like the UK Indeed. where uh, hours worked is down 10% or so. Look, what about today and over the weekend? We get German IFO later on. We get the uh, UK consumer confidence and retail sales for November. Uh, November. We get the New Zealand trade balance as well. But uh, I guess it's really Brexit and the US budget deal, isn't it? What's going to happen with those over the weekend? It is. It is indeed. Wait and see. All right. Catch you, well, next year, unless something happens, Gavin. I suspect I'll be talking to you again before then. Uh, good to talk. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Fingers crossed. Cheers, though. Well, that's not it for me. I'm back on Monday morning. We're going to do a couple next week. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Have a great weekend.